Hello, this is the Chillinoy Podcast. Today's podcast was recorded on May 1st. Um, it's a Friday. It's just about 5.20 p.m., and I wanted to announce a couple of changes. Uh, right off the bat, we're uh, recording from Skype today. We had some uh, issues, um, and I'll, I'll return back to the subject of issues shortly. Um, and, and another production change, um, I'm no longer going to be numbering the episodes. Um, it's not, you know, we're not going to... Uh, we're not going to number them up, you know, one, two, three, and four. We're just going to do it by date. Uh, I feel like that's a better call. Um, so those are two main changes right off the bat. We're going to return to our regular production quality in the soon in the future, um, but we're just having some issues with it. So, um, yeah, this week has really been a, a I would call a series of unfortunate events. Um, nothing really has gone well for me. Um, <laughs> like. I don't mean to be negative right now, but you know, there's, there's obviously not a lot of good things going on in the world. Um, my, I won't get too into it, but um, my network at my place of work got taken down. Um, and so I've been working through the week to um, figure that out. If you guys didn't know that in my spare time, I work in IT. Um, and so uh, I have been, of course, now is a really good time for hacks and hoaxes and um, everything else during the pandemic. So we actually got hit by that and I've been dealing with that. Um, also this week, um, something pretty, pretty sad happened. Um, some dreams were delayed, uh, just to like quote the Chicago sun times. Um, and I'm actually joined today with Michael Malcolm. Um, one of the candidates, uh, he, he was actually applying to be a candidate for a dispensary. Is that correct, Mike? Yeah, that is. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, yeah. So I'll give you a quick intro, too, because I just jumped right into it. Mike is from uh, the south side of Chicago. He's actually from Morgan Park. Um, he's a real estate broker. He's a writer for Weed Travel Food Media. He advises cannabis companies on social media marketing strategies. Um, he also helps cannabis companies to create standard operating procedure videos. And so Mike, you know, in doing that, he traveled, he's been traveling to different states and he documents how the how you know cannabis businesses uh, run uh, both in the retail side, but also the whole t wholesale side. Um, so on top of all that, as you guys might imagine, um, he's become one of the most reputable cannabis influencers in the state of Illinois. And of course, as you say, Mike, you're not really a huge fan of that term influencer in the context of cannabis. And if I might say so myself, your role really on social media and in the world is from at least from what I've noticed, isn't to influence people to use cannabis. It's to educate people on um, not only educate them, but advise them uh, on how they can responsibly incorporate different forms of cannabis into their life and their lifestyle. Yeah, I would say definitely. So, you know, one thing I always tell uh, different companies and uh, brands that I uh, talk with um, is that the way I always approach it is uh, from an educational standpoint, you know, and uh, let everything else come naturally. But, um, you know, I'm either I either try to educate on the product. So, you know, it's the flower, you know, this is flower. This is uh, uh, edible. This is a, a concentrate. You know, this is, uh, you know, these are the different strands and this is their lineage. I'm, I'm, so I'm educating on the uh, on that. And then also I like to educate on the process. You know, how was that flower grown? How was the uh, concentrate extracted? You know, what do those terms even mean? You know, and then the other thing I like to educate is on the business side of it, whether it's the wholesale side or the retail side or the ancillary side. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities in a brand new industry 
like cannabis to educate the public. And that goes for whether it, uh, and that's, uh, that creates value for um, people, whether that is uh, uh, on the customers or the uh, operators of the business or the investors of the business, you know, or, you know, the government that oversees it, you know, so everyone needs to be educated, you know, so that's one thing that, uh, that I like to do. Um, so, Mike, before we get too much further into this, where can people find you online? Yeah, I'm everywhere at We Travel Food and on um, on Instagram and um, YouTube and uh, Facebook. It's We Travel Food, and my website is WeTravelFood.com. Uh, you can also find me at my uh, personal email at Mike G to God, or you can just search my name, Michael Malcolm. I'm a public figure on uh, Instagram, cool. or, or, so, and really all social media. Good deal, Mike G to God. So, just yeah. to be candid. Um, to our audience, this is I the never third time. To being famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, did you ever plan to be a god? But the name sticks. I like the name. Yeah, so I like why, it. Why change it now? You know? I like it. So, um, I'm not. I'm just going to be candid to our audience. Um, this is the third time we've tried this. That's kind of piggybacking, <laughs> piggy, yeah. piggybacking off of the idea that this has been an unfortunate week. Um, this is the third time we've tried this. We just decided, fuck it, we're going to Skype now. Um, so. Uh, yeah, but the good yeah. thing, you know, there's 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 some good and all bad because um the first time it was my fault, you know, the um my uh my browser crashed when we were at the end of the recording and because of that, you know, I you know, I was I told you that I thought I might have a virus and you told me what to do and sure enough, I had a virus. I had multiple. And, Mike, uh, you're flipping yeah. the negative to a positive. I like it. Yeah, bro. I got look. Come on, man. I'm trapped in the house just like everybody else. Yeah, I had no choice, you know. And really, I mean, that was that was a lifesaver because I was uh again, I was telling my girl earlier. I was like, man, um, well, not not really today, but you know, just weeks, maybe even months ago. Every once in a while, I was like, I think I have a virus. It wasn't it wasn't like debilitating, you know. So I I, I kept mm-hmm. it moving, but you know, and I know I that this something going on there. So and I know that this idea. joke might be insensitive, but at least it wasn't coronavirus. At least oh, it was just an <laughs> IT virus. It so, probably was. Uh, dude, it was <laughs> yeah. Was. Hey, I mean, you know, like I was saying, this is a time to get hacked and hoaxed. So be vigilant out there, guys, online because uh, yeah, Max, things Max, are. I got a Mac too. I got a MacBook Pro. They get viruses. Yeah, that's a common like mistruth that people spread that Macs don't get viruses. They do. Yes. Um, it's just a little bit less less. Uh, it's rare, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, rare. Um, just from my perspective. Yeah. Um, so the reason I preface that though is because I've heard your story. This will be the third time now, but it's an awesome story, and I, I want you to tell the audience how did you get involved in the cannabis industry. Yeah, so um, I'm a real estate agent. Uh, I've been selling real estate for um, a little over 10 years now, and um, some of my um, and and I I travel um, I travel all the time and I uh, eat out at restaurants all the time and so my friends and family for years they had been um, telling me that they thought I I should start a blog like a food or a travel blog and I always sure. thought that that was kind of like uh, oversaturated and I really you know I never really had much to say. But I just know where to eat. I know where to travel. And I just like to take the pictures. You know, I, I, that's that was kind of my thing. So I just never I, I never really took it seriously. But uh, one of my long term real estate clients a few years ago, maybe like five, six years ago now, 
they um are, he told me that he was getting in the cannabis industry and it was one of my best clients so we actually used to smoke weed together and you know we just uh, uh, after deals we would you know talk and so he told me about his plans and i remember at the time i kind of just like laughed it off because you know we were doing well and we were making good money and you know i kind of thought it was a, a risk to go out to, to i remember him telling me he was going out to colorado I'm like, Colorado, yeah. you know, like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, Now, let me ask you, know, you this. I don't mean to cut off your story, but was yeah. he, were you guys smoking when he told you this? Uh, no, actually, I remember we were at, at the time, we were actually at the Lowe's Hotel on the, uh, on their rooftop terrace. Uh, really? Downtown okay. Chicago. Yeah, we were at the Lowe's Hotel. I remember it distinctly. We were at the sure. Lowe's Hotel, drinking on the, on the, uh, on the rooftop. Uh, uh, by by their um their outdoor area, you know, at um kind of like a, a common area in the hotel, mm-hmm. and uh yep that's and we were it was me him one of his real estate partners and his and his attorney and their attorney and and me. Gotcha. <laughs> the reason I yeah. asked that is because I was gonna be like were you, I figured you'd be like oh, man you know you're. I know this shit's good, but are you okay? Well, close like, enough you... because I mean, you know, they were drinking, you know, so the same sentiment. Sure. You know, they were like, you know, people again. Everybody, it might as well have been because everybody right, still gave right. him that dude. Are you high? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like why? Why would you do that when we got all this? And you know, we they, they laughed at it. They they. And again, sorry to it. sorry to keep cutting you off. But what year was this? This was. Oh, the reason I'm asking is because like I mean, 2015, gotcha. Yeah. So that's a reason to laugh at somebody. I mean, it was an outrageous idea. almost. Yeah. 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 <laughs> maybe like 2015, maybe 2014, you know, yeah. uh, something that's like early that. on. Yeah. Right around that range. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. So fast forward to 2018. Um, I saw cannabis was uh, legalization in Illinois becoming a real thing. And, um, you know, I had always been into cannabis, you know, growing up my whole life, you know, not my whole life, but growing up, you know, as a kid and really even starting early, all the guys in my neighborhood, they would tell you that, like, I was the one I had my friends like smoking weed. We smoked weed at kids, as kids, or at least tried to. I used to steal my uncle's weed and we used to try <laughs> to roll it up. Me and my friends would try to roll it up, but we didn't have papers, so we would like rip tree uh tree leaves and, I, and try to i don't mean to up. age you mike but this is before the internet so it's not like you could just google it yeah no i mean young bro i mean we were young like i mean maybe kids would think to do that now but i mean we were young like oh i hear you <laughs> you know what i mean i mean we had to be like seven eight years old like we were really mm-hmm. young like and again I, you know you take some weed you're not gonna just sit up at the computer and be like <laughs> Sure, but, but maybe the kids will. I don't know. But anyway, uh, fast forward 2018. Um, uh, I saw legalization being a real thing, so I thought, well, maybe, um, maybe I'll actually do a blog. I was like, maybe I'll do a legal weed travel and food blog, and maybe that's the way I can kind of carve out a niche for myself. Keyword so, legal. Yeah, right, right. Stressing the legal again because. I'm a I'm a licensed realtor, so um, I started researching and just trying to see like what does a legal blog look like. Um, I bought or I bought my first like real camera. I bought a Canon 77D and a whole bunch of lenses just so that I can make sure that my pictures look good. Um, 
I um, just started really reading up on um, what a blog looked like. Because, again, I wasn't a blogger at all. Um, and then I came across this article in GQ magazine that said Al Harrington wants to be NBA's first marijuana mogul. And in the article, um, he was talking about everything that he had going on in, Cal- in, uh, in Colorado. And it was really interesting because I was thinking about going out to California to kick off my blog, like, you know, fly out to San Francisco, drive down the coast, San Francisco, L.A., San Diego, we eat travel food, like kind of kick it off like that. I'm like, man, that could be really dope. But in the article, he, he kept on saying Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. And I was like, why is he saying Colorado is where like the culture and, you know, like he was just really pressuring. He just kept on bigging up Colorado. Sure. So um, that made me um, think about my client who years before had told me that he was going out to Colorado to to get into the cannabis industry. Now, I had kept um, in touch with him, but we would, you know, kind of just speak, you know, maybe once or twice a year briefly and not really get much into it because, again, it's still even like an illegal business. So I don't even want to say too much over the phone about what he's doing. <laughs> like, I would talk to him. Sure. And it'd be like real generic conversation. You know, everything good? Oh, okay. Yeah, you healthy? Oh, okay. <laughs> everything all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. How are the you tomato know? plants doing? Yeah. Like, we wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't really, like, get too much in depth with too much like that. So, you know, again, but that day, I reached out to him. And uh, my, fr- my friend's name is Adam, and I called him, and I said, um, I said, let me let me call let me call my friend Adam. I know, you know, again, all this is going. So I reached out to him, and I said, um, and he picked up the phone, and I said, uh, I said, yo, um, how, you know, what's going on out there in Colorado, bro? Like, how's business? Um, are you guys, uh, you guys in jail? Like, you know, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, he's like, nah. Uh, everything is good, man. We're in Colorado. We're in Oregon. We're in California. We're in Michigan. We're wow. in New Jersey. We're, you know, we're in, I think he's in Arkansas or something like that. And I'm like, damn, bro. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, how did you move so fast? Again, like, it, it hadn't been that many years, you know? And he was like, oh, well, I don't know if I told you, but my business partner is Al Harrington. Now, when he tells me this, I still have Al Harrington's picture up on my computer screen. You know, like I'm literally looking at at the picture and I'm like, bro, I'm like, bro, Al Al Harrington, Viola, that's your company? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, bro, I'm reading about you right now. I'm like, and he's like, oh, you saw the GQ magazine article. I'm like, yeah. He's like, did you see the Viceland episode? And they had a link to the Viceland episode in the article. And I was like, yeah, I, I saw it. And he's like, bro, I'm telling you, it's real. Come out here. So Damn. I did. So like a uh, like a week later, like a couple weeks later, I went out to Denver for the first time. At that t- at that point, it just so happened to be like 420. But I, but I think I went out there for 420 week because I knew it was a whole lot of stuff going on. So I went out there for 420 week. And he spent seven hours with me that first day in in his uh, in his uh, indoor grow uh, that they have. Uh, Viola has just right outside of Oregon. And they let me speak to everybody. He had me speaking to everybody from the uh, compliance people to packaging to the growers to just everybody, just like the whole his whole just team just, you wow. know, and, and at that and at that point, And that was so valuable to me because at that point. That was the first thing I ever did 
for my blog. You know, more than any, and a lot of that stuff that that I learned that day in that first seven, like a seven hour crash course I took, I never even posted or even talked about that stuff because it was like sensory overload. Like I took my mom out there sure. with me on that trip and it was my first time seeing legal weed. It was her first time seeing legal weed. Like my mom is super cool. Like she doesn't smoke or drink, but she like just, uh, you know, she's active, you know what I'm saying? And she's just like super laid back so she can chill. And it, but it was still like, it was just crazy. You know what I mean? And, and it was just, a, it was just like sensory overload. So anyway, it, it was a sure. really dope experience. Um, and I, and when I came from that, I, uh, I came, I came back and one of my friends who had been, uh, always encouraging me to do a blog, um, I saw him and he was like, Hey, I saw you in Denver. That looked really cool. Are you, are you, are you going to do a blog? Because I had, I had announced um, while I was in Denver that I was going to actually do a blog. And he was like, Oh, you're going to finally do it. And I said, yeah, bro, I think I'm going to take it seriously. And uh, he was like, well, how was everything? And I said, well, I said, you know, um, everything was cool. I'm like, man, but the one thing, my picture sucked. I just bought this new camera, but you know, like, again, my adrenaline was rushing and, you know, it was a whole mm-hmm. lot of information being told to me. I'm like, I just, I'm like, my pictures kind of suck. And um, I didn't know it at the time, but he had just recently quit his corporate job to pursue his videography and photography uh, company full time. So, and he tells me this at right then and there. And he's like, bro, if you get another opportunity like that, let me know and I'll help you. And, um, and he has a guy. So, you know, I, I got like a camera crew. So I told him, I said, well, I actually do have an, uh, uh, opportunity. Viola had invited me to come out to their, uh, farm in Oregon in the fall of that year, 2018 to film their fall harvest. And so that's what we did. Um, and before we went out there, we would meet like every Monday to uh to like kind of like plot and plan we did this for like about a month just kind of like you know get some ideas and brainstorm about what we could do out there on some concepts and so uh uh while while we were were plotting one day we're talking and i'm like i'm like bro you know why don't you know we go out there because my guy i mean he's super official like he has his drone uh, uh, what is it? The um, certifications to drive, uh, fly commercially. Uh, yeah, yeah, the FAA stuff. Yeah, the FAA. Yeah, yeah. He has his FAA certs. He has um, just like all, all this equipment, camera equipment, all these cameras. I mean, like really, really, really high end, dope, super dope cameras. He's got these harnesses and everything, body harnesses, full body harnesses for the cameras. Just really dope equipment. And I'm like, man, if we go out here. Like, it's cool that we're doing this for my blog. I'm like, but bro, we missing an opportunity. I'm like, why don't we go out here? And when we go out there, we tell them, yes, we're doing it for my blog. But what we do is actually create content for cannabis companies. Because right now, just like back then, there's cannabis companies can't advertise the way alcohol companies can or any other products for that matter can. You know, other things that are sold, people are able to buy advertisements for it but cannabis yeah. companies can't so they they uh they um they advertise through social media and i'm like well why don't we and and offer just like brand recognition and referral and word of mouth type of thing and just people talking them up so um so so 
you know, we said, okay, well, let's, let's do that. So we went out there, we, we filmed and, uh, my, my guy, he couldn't make it out there, but he green lighted us. So we went on the farm and shot on the, on Viola's farm, um, uh, which is outside of Oregon, a, a couple of hours outside of Oregon. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, out of, uh, outside of Portland, Oregon. Um, and so we filmed on the farm for two days, but after the first day, my, well, the first day when I went out there, my friend, he called me, he was like, Hey, when you go out there, um, just in case the inspectors come, you know, don't maybe not say that you're out there for, uh, for your blog, say that you're doing this for Viola for the, uh, for our SOP work. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no worries. So after the first day, my, my, uh, my friend called me, he was like, Hey, how's everything going? And I said, man, you know, everything was really great. You know, you know, we really enjoyed ourselves. It was amazing. And he was like, man, that's good. He was like, the guys are raving about you. He was like, um, do you think you can cut us some of that SOP work? Like maybe you can just cut something for us. And I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> for sure. Definitely. And so right, you know, we got did the footage. That. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, we, we definitely got the footage. So we, we actually did that and we, we cut something for, for Viola that they would uh, later use. So that was really dope. Um, and that was really what kicked it off. And there was a lot of other things that happened in between then and after then. But that kind of like is where it all started. Nice. So um, one of the things that I, I'm just going to return, um, you know, uh, to the topic of uh, a series of unfortunate events, but I'm going to spin it a positive. Um, but, you know, let's just be frank. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, you uh, applied for some licenses, uh, just one of them being a dispensary license. I think you said you also applied for some cultivation license. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, did, did the dispensary license, did not get the cultivation license in just didn't have the time to do it or well, we we had the time but with the the covid thing just kind of messed up our team with our real estate uh situation but, no. with sorry. the delay with the delay are you able I, what i was about to say is that you know you were about to maybe get an announcement on whether or not you were awarded and of course that announcement's been delayed is that's correct um i know this is all coming off the wire pretty hot off the wire so some of the developments are hard to maybe uh talk about but uh, i saw you in the sun times just the other day um and you were the headline was a dream delayed um, yeah 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 so yeah so a couple things so yes yeah, so the dis the dispensary uh license applications uh i turned in uh 10 applications on january 2nd those the due date um the announcement date i should say was supposed to be may 1st that was just delayed. That just, oh, okay. was, um, that's what they were talking about. The gotcha. applications for the cultivation, infusion, and transportation licenses were due uh, yesterday. And I did not turn uh, application. I was, I'm working on that. But it, like I said, the COVID thing just had too much. It was just too much going on. And we're just going to yeah. sit that one out uh, uh, and wait for the next one because, um, Obviously, I really think I, I feel I feel good about my chances for the for the uh, dispensary licenses. And if I could get one or, you know, man, you know, you know, maybe even two or three, if I can get two or three, yeah, licenses, like my hands would be full, you know, so it's, it's right here well, right now. So and I think you have a pretty good chance to just to, you know, let's go to Colorado. Um, in a, there was a 2018 survey 
um, the Colorado Marijuana Enforcement Division, which I'm sure your friend is very familiar with. Um, <laughs> that's a that's the people that that's like the regulators basically for the cannabis industry in Colorado. And uh, they actually did a set survey and they discovered that uh, African-Americans held roughly 2% of the cannabis business ownership license in the state. And right. my transition, and I, you, I know, I know that 2% too. <laughs> I was going to say, I, yeah, you might know. Yeah. That yeah. Something in the 2%. I think I saw your buddy in that article as well uh, for yeah. Viola yeah, and Viola, um, Wanda James. Um, and I think y'all have a good chance because what we're trying to do in Illinois is, is give social equity candidates uh, an opportunity to get these licenses. So these are candidates, um, who are living in areas that have been disproportionately impacted by past drug policies or have a cannabis related offense on their record. Is that correct, Mike? How the, I don't know exactly how the calculation works, but we've talked about it. Um, is yeah, that basically you, kind you, of what goes if, into it? Yeah, if you have if you've had a cannabis offense and actually the way the way the law states is actually if you've had a cannabis uh, offense or anyone in your immediate family, so brother, sister, mother, father, uh, if they have a cannabis, they, that also will qualify you as being a social equity applicant. Um, also, uh, different neighborhoods that have been targeted uh, by the war on drugs, specifically, um, uh, the state has identified certain areas. Um, so those, all those things uh, is what qualifies. And it's it's only cannabis related offenses. If you had like yes. cannabis and you know some other controlled substance, that that you're not uh, a candidate, correct? Right. It's, only cannabis it's uh okay. yeah yeah it's only for cannabis okay. so um just you know you're looking to open a dispensary um what's like i don't mean to get too much into numbers but if yeah. i may ask uh what's the average bottom line you know to open up a, what do you need in dollars to open up a dispensary in illinois yeah so from your from your early i know it's hard to probably estimate it but from what you you i'm sure you got somewhat of an estimate in your head yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of it is going to depend on where uh, where we actually win. So the way that the state set it up is um, the state divided the state into 14 different what they're called what they call BSL regions. Um, and so those uh, 14 different regions, uh, applicants were able to apply uh, up to 10 times in those four different regions, which, which is why I put in 10 applications, because I spread them out over those, I actually spread my 10 applications out over 14, uh, I'm sorry, over 10 different regions. Uh, and, um, uh, or, or, I, or actually, I actually spread about uh, my 10 applications out over eight different regions because I put in three applications in the Chicagoland area. Um, nice, nice. Yeah, um, and so, um, I'm sorry, oh, now you might have added, what was the question again? I forgot what I was actually going with that. Uh, I was basically asking what, you know, in, in your early estimates. Oh, um, the cost. Yeah, the, the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm sorry. So, yeah, so the cost is really going to depend a lot on um, on where you win, because obviously um, if you're in Chicago, it's going to be a lot different than, you know, let's say Peoria, oh, yeah. Illinois, oh, yeah. you know, or uh, sure. Rockford. Um, so, um, but on average, uh, we've kind of like estimated a million to a million uh, to 1.5 uh, oh, wow. to open. And, uh, but you know, I have, well, you got to buy the property, you got to get yeah. it up to code, you got to, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you got to do. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to it for sure. Yeah, so it's, it's unfortunate that this stuff got 
delayed because the thing is, Mike, it's not like it, it's really unfortunate that it's got delayed because it's not like if they would have announced on May 1st that. Oh, and by the way, can you hear any background noise right now? Is it loud on here? No, you're good. OK, so I'll give you guys a little bit of background noise. Another piece to this being another series of unfortunate events. I have a fucking water lake in my apartment right now. That's what oh, I was. No. That was my teaser that I gave you earlier, Mike. Yeah, so the maintenance guy. <laughs> they're, I'm telling you, they're they're trying to find every way so that we can't record record this podcast, but it's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but anyways, uh, just to return uh, back to uh, my question, um, which I honestly forgot, um, <laughs> which is the the fun thing about no, you were saying this. you were saying something about the uh, the pay, how much how much is gonna cost to get get going. Oh, yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, um, thank you, Mike. Uh, On May 1st, if they would have announced, so this is what I think is really unfortunate about it, because it would have been really exciting to get the announcement on May 1st, right? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it definitely, it definitely, for for me, um, you know, for me, for me, I, I think about it, you know, for me, this is something that I've been waiting for since before, uh, before this year. Right. I've been sure. waiting on May 1st since last December. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Those applica- our applications were turned in on January 2nd. So we were working on the application all last fall. Right. So yeah. for, to find out, you know, the week before or, you know, I found out last week, um, they didn't, but they didn't even announce it until this week. So I can imagine how everyone else felt. And, um, for to find out that you're not going to find out is kind of a bummer, you know, because sure. it's been something that we, you know, just not only look forward to, but spend a lot of money on. And, you know, like, yeah. you know, a lot of things are up in the air. You know, I have certain opportunities that I can't pursue because, you know, speaking just quite frankly, if I get a license, my price goes up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm not so sure I want to even get involved in those situations right now because I don't even know if they have a budget for what I'm thinking of and why why sign a contract to do something when you know I'm gonna be unhappy with it in you know a month you know so there's yeah. a lot of things at play and not only that again I'm a realtor you know I'm have people who I are reaching out to me about real estate things and you know again I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket but again I do feel like I have good chances of winning. We have a solid application and a solid team. And so I'm kind of cautious about do I start down the process of helping new clients with real estate purchases when, again, that's not necessarily a 30-day process. That could take months. I have clients yeah, that... Closing takes I'm not a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a salesy type of person. Like I, like I like my clients to pick the home that they want to be in. I'm not like, oh, buy this one buy that one so i might show them a few homes or you know maybe they don't like it okay you don't like it let's wait until something better comes on the market you know but i don't want to start that process with people if i can't finish it so even that gives me a little bit you know it's it's just a lot of anxiety and and them delaying it just doesn't help yeah and well and the the point i guess i was trying to make um and i think you cut you basically elaborated it when you said you i mean you got a lot of other things going on past that so i mean but i was going to say past Let's say, let's say in a, in a good world, it was announced on May 1st, right? Past that, you still have to deal with the state inspection, which is a few months process. That's now pushed back, 
right. to whenever they're going to announce. I was just trying to, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to make you feel, <laughs> I'm trying to, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to relay the point for the listeners how um, it is unfortunate, but here's the thing. I'm going to spin it positive, Mike. I think all this stuff for you, your story, it's been about timing. And I think that uh, the time's just not now. I mean, <laughs> and I know that that sucks, but when it announces, I think you've got a good chance at winning. Um, and it's unfortunate that it got pushed back. Um, but um, to, to just kind of stay on this subject of what the state is doing um, for social equity candidates and really to right the wrongs of what we've done um, as, as a society, um, would you be able to speak on what they're doing with expungements? Um, yeah, um, I know for with expungements, um, uh, you as long as you do not have a felony, I believe there are automatic expungements. Now, again, for cannabis only, um, for cannabis-related uh, um, uh, charges only. Uh, now, I maybe wouldn't wait for automatic expungement. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of um, resources like um, Chicago Normal um, and Canna Equity um, that uh, they can help uh, find people that, uh, you know, help people lead, lead people, I should say, um, to resources where they can get, um, uh, talk to, um, you know, some legal aid and find out how to get that process expedited. Um, but sure. they are supposed to be expunging um, automatic expungement on lower levels of cannabis. And you do qualify for expungement, even if you have like um, a more serious charge like like felony uh, cannabis charge. Those are um, eligible for expungement, but it's not automatic. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, cool. Thanks for going over that. Um, yeah. Because I think that it's good. I think that ultimately that's a good thing that the state is doing. Um, and that's really, you know, a lot of people complain about how small the market is. Um, that was by design. The, the, you know, we gave the uh, current license holders uh, the ability to sell recreational, but the design was that the next licenses that would be awarded, the next 75, would be awarded to social equity candidates. It's something that we're trying to do as a state, uh, like I say, to right our wrong, uh, right yeah. some of our wrongs. Yeah, that's actually a really good point, and um, so that's why um, I think it's really interesting. You know, I know um, often, you know, I get asked, you know, how do I think? the state um, is doing in that regard, like with them trying to live up to those, um, to, to those goals. And I think that is yet to be seen, you know, um, that's, that's, that is the goal. That is one of the reasons, like I said, it's funny you say that because a lot of uh, people that have had access to the products for a while, med patients, you know, they said, oh man, we really want some variety and it really sucks. And we have such a small market, but it's true. It's, it was really by design to be that way. Um, the goal is to get some um, some people um, that have been affected um, instead uh, in there instead of kind of like the same uh, brands because I'm sure there's a lot of big brands from outside that are not operating in uh, Illinois right now that would love to come in, you know. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. And I mean, of... like I say, I think I think uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think what we're shooting for is not to have two percent of of business owners like Colorado did in 2018 being African, you know, people of color. We're trying yeah. to be, you know, even handed with this, not just handing things to the people that have always been handed things. Um, right. Correct. And even, so, and even, um, you know, um, cause I, I've, I've seen, I've, I've read some comments online, um, about some people that said, Oh, well, you know, these people, 
I saw someone say, oh, well, he he um, he put in uh, 10 applications. How disadvantaged could he be or something like that? Like, because that costs money. Number one, people have to realize that um, um, or, or uh, you know, sounds like they're trying to they're trying to take advantage of the system. You know, 10 applications. That's that's the state's law that right. and that an entity can put in 10 applications like that's not anyone taking advantage of anything yeah everybody has the right to do that i have the right to do that but to just be frank i'm a white person from a small town and i've honestly i mean i'm I'm, like i i wouldn't fall i wouldn't be a candidate and that's why i think it's a point that you've made in the in the last two times we've tried to record this if you're not a candidate there's not really uh, a reason to apply these are going to be awarded to i mean it's yet to be seen but what from what we understand these are going to be uh, only awarded to candidates that meet the criteria that we were talking about earlier. You're right, correct. And and then another thing too, though, uh, keep in mind too, um, the social equity it is um, more so to help people of color to get into the industry, but it's not limited to only people of color that can qualify. White people can qualify. It just has to do more. Sure. Oh so yeah. Sure. I, I know, guess I didn't yeah, like, like. I didn't like, grow up in. My point was, uh, I didn't grow in a disproportionately uh, impacted area. Not just because I was white. It was. I, I made that point kind of crassly, honestly. Yeah. Uh, like uh, the point I was trying to make is that I'm from a small town. I've not been disproportionately impacted by the pa- by past drug policies, and I do not have cannabis-related offenses. So therefore. Yeah it's kind of a waste of my time to, to apply because the way that the licenses are awarded. So yeah, I, I should clarify that statement. I was trying to be kind of funny. Um, but yeah, that's no, what I mean no, no, no. And again, the only reason, the only reason I make that distinction is because again, the already, you know, I'm just reacting to social media. I already, I've, I've just, re- I've, you know, been reading comments and just seeing, sure. I know people again, going back to the education thing, I know people don't understand the purpose of social equity you know and so some of the, and people who don't um necessarily uh, um, apply for or qualify for it they then don't have a reason to look into it right so then they just be like oh man they just giving some shit away to people who you know can afford to do it like no nah. you know like, like one, one guy was saying like, like again he was like well how disadvantaged could you really be if uh if you uh if you can put in 10 applications and I was like, well, well what am I supposed to let uh, one cannabis charge bring me down my whole life? I'm like, man, that was in <laughs> like, that was in 2000 and I don't know what, you know, when that happened, yeah. like that wasn't like, what am I supposed to do? And, Just and again, like, like you said, you're playing by the rules. Be broke you know? forever. Cause I call it <laughs> weed charge. <laughs> but and like you said, you played by the rules, you know, you, you, you're allowed to submit 10 licenses just like I am. But when it comes to brass tax, our calculation is going to come out differently. I don't mean to be straight to it, but I mean, you've said it on interviews before you've got a cannabis related offense. Um, so, I mean, that's going to go into it. You know what I mean? And I don't, and I, and I don't know about Morgan park. It's in, is that an area that has been disproportionately impacted? I don't know how they define that. I I know you said there's a definition. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it is an area that is uh, been defined as uh, impacted uh, impacted area for sure. Yeah. Morgan Park, the whole surrounding area. Yeah, I mean it's not a it's not the worst neighborhood. Uh, I definitely have fond memories of it. It's not it's not is by all means not the worst neighborhood in Chicago. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there was, um, it was definitely impacted for sure. For, for sure. sure. Well, I guess just a closing, yeah, just to like kind of conclude that topic. Yeah, like you were saying, it's it's not just, you know, not just white people, it's candidate. It, there's, there's people that qualify for it. So, you know, if you've been disproportionately impacted or like you said, if you've had a family member um, that has a cannabis related offense or if you have a cannabis related offense, you can qualify. And like Mike said, you know, I don't mean to put competitors in the ring or whatever, but uh, you can put in 10 applications, you know, so um, yeah. I actually just well, saw look, you, look, the... not, 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 you're not putting competitors in the ring right now because it was <laughs> due, that was due on January 2nd. Oh, fair so, enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, um, like two years <laughs> or, like, nice. or maybe like a year and a half now. A year well, half. like you said, um, a lot of people online try to critique the Illinois market and say that, oh, you know, it's so small and the prices are so high. This is shit. And, and I agree for the most part, like the prices yeah. suck and, and it sucks that we don't have like a pot shop on every corner like Denver does. But um, at the end of the day, that was by design. But the things that were also by design that I want to talk about and I want to pitch to you, um, I guess let me restart this question. I'm going to talk about things that I feel are lacking in the cannabis market. So some people might say that what I just mentioned is a lack, you know, is a con of the cannabis market. But again, that's kind of a null point because it was designed that way. Um, but uh, uh, my, one of the problems I think that's, that's in the cannabis you know, market in Illinois is the edible limits. You know, We're only limited to 100 milligram edibles. I think that's kind of, I mean, it's good to have those. I think that th- those types of products should be on the shelf. I just also think that higher dose products should be on the shelf, I guess is my point. And it's pretty crazy that basically every other state that has a medical program has products that are over available you know products on the shelf that are over 100 milligrams <laughs> yeah. except for illinois no, and it's just true it's crazy because uh our medical cannabis program started with a very small list of very serious conditions and basically these people they you know all of them try edibles at first but they realize that they're not high dose enough so they all migrate to rso which is great but the edible limits i think need to be increased um another thing while you're thinking about what what you feel is lacking in the cannabis market i think that open packaging uh there should be open like you should so i think you should be able to see your product and like smell it um on on the other hand um be you know going to colorado some shops let people touch the nugs some shops don't and that's kind of a weird idea of having people you know putting their I mean, we're talking about masks and everything now. People are putting their face in nugs and smelling them. I don't know if I want to smoke that stuff. But right. I do want to be able to see it. I do want to be able to smell it. The nose knows. The eyes knows. That's what I always say. So I feel like that's lacking. Um, but yeah. really quick, I know why they – I mean, I have a feeling why they don't do that. I attended a cannabis seminar, and they said that just from a dispensary's standpoint, and I'm sure you learned this maybe in your standard operate, you know, working with uh, other companies – I guess open packaging when they buy like wholesale cannabis, they get maybe like 20 pounds or whatever. And, you know, they might get 20 pounds, but when they actually package that and everything else, it, it goes airborne and there's just a lot of other variables. The other thing, like I say, there are a lot of other variables. So with open packaging, this, you know, your bud tender could possibly swipe some nugs or whatever else, you know what I mean? So um, there's just, there's a lot, a lot of liability that's removed if you have pre-packaged product. Um, and so I guess the middle ground I see uh, is that some products have windows in them now. I don't know if you've seen that, but like Verano and uh, Revolution, they've got windows in it, but you still can't smell the product. 
and that's a problem for me. Um, but do, do you have anything that you feel is lacking in the cannabis market in Illinois? Yeah, piggyback sure. off those points. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I know one thing, like you said, I, I agree with all those uh, things. Um, the open packaging, for sure. Um, and I've seen it in different, you know, every, that's the interesting thing, too, about every market. Um, I've been to so many different markets here in Illinois, different states, and um, that have legal weed, uh, both medical, I've seen both medical and, uh, and rec in different states. And it's really interesting to see some of them have, you know, open packaging. So like uh, some places in and uh, and uh, and like, let's say Vegas, you can go, you can actually smell it through the the the, the lids that they have that almost have like the salt, the salt, salt shaker tops where you can smell okay, through. And yeah. Smell. Yeah, yeah, those type of things. And then or places where you go to like Oregon where they have whole full jars and they'll just, you, whatever you want, they'll just scoop it out the jar and weigh it up right there in front of you and put it yeah, in. Yeah, and they let you pick the nugs. I love those yeah. places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Oregon, you know. So, um, so yeah, we definitely, but, but yeah, Illinois, the way we have it is terrible. So, yeah, we definitely need that. Um, um, so, I, and same thing with the edibles, uh, you need to increase on that, even though I'm not crazy about edibles. Um, but I think, um, you know, another thing is just, you know, more variety of product. Again, that's a, you know, like we've been saying, that's a, that's a result of the market being so small right now. Um, but the market is very quickly expanding. So we, de- we need, um, we need a variety of product, things like solventless products, um, are greatly needed. I think just the, the, the access ability to the products, again, I think uh, it, it needs to be expanded, you know, and again, that, that, that goes to speaking on what we were talking about with my, me going after my licenses, but that's a real thing. I, there's so, there's like no stores on the South side besides like one, you know, and the actual city limits. There's one dispensary on the South side of Chicago. Like how? That's, yeah, that's and crazy. I, and I think in I think in Southern Illinois, there's probably only two. Like the the southern part of the state, there's only like two or three. Yeah, like. And just for perspective, no access. For perspective, Denver, Colorado has probably like 500 dispensaries. Dispensaries. The whole state has like, I think 900 or so cultivators. Compared to Illinois, that has. I would say we're in the ballpark of 55 dispensaries and we've got about 20 cultivators. I think only 22, I think we've got 22 licensed, but I think only 18 of them are active. I don't know why I know that off the top of my head, but yeah. I do. And yeah. uh, that's just kind of good for perspective though. I mean, uh, yeah. and, uh, 400 that's I mean, in, in the city of Denver. Yeah. Or you like looking at it like Chicago again, Chicago has one dispensary on, on its South side and its city limits, uh, maybe two, if you count Maribis, um, which is kind of like Southeast, I mean, okay. I'm sorry, South way Southwest. Um, but, and it's right on the border of the, of the South city limits, but I think that's inside of Chicago. That's so, really far West, but you know, uh, North side has maybe like 10, 12 dispensaries. Like this is crazy. That's that is crazy. I didn't realize the number was so concentrated you see, on the north side. You see side. what I'm saying? Yeah, like even inside of the city limits and Chicago. It's funny. I just posted something today um, that we still have arrests for cannabis in Illinois, you know, and around this country. We're still having arrests for cannabis. So you know, and, and statistics have shown like historically the numbers are always higher in communities of color. 
Yeah, but a study yet, just came out in Colorado. The access to buy the legal weed is not in those communities. <laughs> what they saw, they still are locking people up for illegal weed in those communities and selling legal weed in the other communities. It's crazy. Yeah. And like you said, those arrests are still happening. Um, even in Denver, I read, or sorry, in Colorado, I think I read that um, still in Colorado, uh, people of color are still being disproportionately you know, arrested um, compared to, to, to people not of color, you know? Yeah, so, always. Um, yeah, it's funny how that works. Um, I'm hoping though that things change and I'm hoping that the way that we've designed this market changes. Just for some perspective though, um, 500, you know, like I said, there's probably like 500 dispensaries in the city of Denver. Um, I don't know if you knew this, Mike, but Illinois has a cap on dispensaries right now. I wouldn't be surprised to make it, to see it increase. But right now the cap on dispensaries in Illinois is 500 dispensaries, which honestly, Chicago itself could support 500 dispensaries. I have no doubt about that. And I've seen other economists say the same thing. Um, and so, yeah, just I just throw that out yeah, there because be uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that change about our industry because again, Chicago could basically support all the licenses that that could be awarded. Um, yeah, I mean for sure. I mean we have such a vast market. And then another thing that people, one thing that I've kept, I've kept in mind, um, and I want something I learned a lot from, uh, you know, talking with so many of my friends in the industry that have taught me about. Uh, you know, some of the pitfalls of going and getting licensed and working in the industry is that getting licensed is cool, but keeping the license is what really matters. A lot of people are going to be losing their licenses, too, because, you know, I think there are a lot of people who they think they go into this and like, oh, man, I'm selling weed. And they don't realize that, again, they're being monitored by IDFPR. And IDFPR is not going to play around with you, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's I mean, one of the. So I think that's the leg up that I have as being a, a real estate agent. You know, I've been licensed by the state of Illinois for over ten years now, so I know. Yeah, you know what it means to be licensed. You know, to pay my taxes, to you know, just do everything that you need to do as a um, as an entrepreneur and somebody that's self-employed instead of coming out of it um, as a, a lot of people do. Um, as being employed, which is no knock on them, but there's a, there's another learning curve besides just the regular business that you have to be aware of. You know, it's more than it's well, more than just you know learning your job at that point. Yeah, and I think you're well suited for the industry because, like you said, you real estate, you're dealing with rules and regulate laws, regulations, all that shit all the time. And like yeah. you say, you might get awarded a license, but if you can't comply with the very strict and stringent regulations, uh, like I said, one of the things after you get awarded a license is, of course, you got to pass a state inspection. Like you said, you're going to be, if you, to, sorry, to pass that state inspection, one of the criteria is, is that you've got to put surveillance up and Illinois State Police has access to that 24 hours. Um, you know, and I, I only say that because that's not only a, kind of a scary fun fact so if you ever go to the dispensary you are on tape and the illinois state police can't see that 24 hours a day um but <laughs> yeah. but i guess the point i'm trying to make is the point you were making which is that yeah you might get awarded a license but i yeah it'll be interesting to see how people play and if they play or if they can pass that inspection you know what i mean because it is the rules are strict in illinois and i've heard uh specifically i don't know if you've looked into it but i've heard that the craft growing is a uh, that's a tough one like to, to be 
to actually be profitable, I heard, is that the craft growing, you really got to be meticulous about it as far as passing the state inspection and also just your business. You well, the craft, grow, the craft grow was an issue for a lot of regions. The, the main one being that, number one, uh, as far as the application goes, is that, well, just in general, you only have 5,000 square feet that you're allowed to grow in. So there you go. That sucks, you know. Yeah, now, yeah. That, I, mean, I, I, I anticipate to... being extended. I mean, being expanded um, in the future. Which, again, these are all conversations I was having internally with my partners and stuff on this. So I'm like, look, you know, again, as bad as much as I want to get that done, do we break our necks to go after it when it's not even quite the way we want to do it? We we would be doing it in anticipation of laws changing in the future. And just right. being some of the first on market versus it being ideal conditions, you know. And then when the coronavirus thing came, it, you know, that really curtailed a lot of us being able to just move around and just, you know, make the connections that we need to make to do it. But I think just in general, the one thing that I've learned, again, going to different markets is that from where I see the people making the most money are actually the cultivators. Sure. I think cultivators, again, in a mature market, in a mature market, the cultivators, I think, are the ones that's really making the money because most cultivators have a dispensary or some type of, you know, uh, retail. So they have they have some distribution and they have control of, of the supply. And like always, you know, if you got control of the supply, that's everything in the market. Otherwise, you're well, just at the mercy of just in general, vertical integration is ideal, right? Like that's actually what you, that's the ideal model for anybody in the cannabis industry. And that is kind of what I was saying before. You sure. want to be able to grow the supply. You want to be able to process it, you know, so make it into edibles or make it into vape carts. That's part of the vertical integration to actually process it as well. And then the third part of the vertical integration is to actually sell it. Right. So you want to grow your own weed. You want to make your own contract uh, concentrates, make your own ex, uh, your own extracts, your own uh, edibles. I mean, and then you want to be able to sell it in your own stores. That is what vertical integration is. Now, what they are not allowed to do in Cresco, Cresco and a lot of other, all the all the other brands here, almost every um, every um, grower, every manufacturer here in Illinois also has a dispensary that they also sell through. So they are fully vertically integrated in here in Illinois. I can't think now maybe maybe not everyone. I, I, I would have to think about that because I'm trying to think I don't know who like IESO I don't know who they are or you know I'm sure may, maybe there's a few who don't but I'm pretty sure almost everyone who grows also has a dispensary. Okay so what they can't do is they can't have a certain amount of one brand on their shelves and what they want to do that so just like you said so that one grower can't like just say oh well i'm not gonna send this other dispensary um this our product that we're growing we're just gonna stock our own shelves because obviously that's not fair for competition now i have seen that i know like i go to earth Med a lot which is in the west suburbs of chicago um and addison mm -hmm. And EarthMed, there's a lot of times where EarthMed doesn't have certain brands or certain things. And honestly, I but I know that they're fully stocked at when I look at, say, like a, a 
again, I'm not going to use any brands, but let's say I look at a certain brand store online and I see they're stocked with a, with a lot of their product, but none of that product is at EarthMed. And it's like, dude, how or, yeah, are you guys anywhere else. selling? <laughs> yeah, how are you guys? They got pre-rolls, they got grams, they got ace, they got quarters, you know. <laughs> but there's yep. none of it. There's nothing, nothing, nothing at EarthMed. And I'm like, dude, what the, you know, how is that even possible? So it happens, you know. Yeah. And so I wanted to return just quickly to a, a topic we were talking about earlier because I looked it up. Um, it's interesting, you know, you're limited to 10 licenses. I like that what Illinois did is everybody's limited to 10 licenses. Everybody is, you know. Yeah, so well, you're, you're, li- just, you're limited, you're limited to putting in 10 applications. You're, you're, and you have the opportunity to win up to three licenses. Oh, up to three. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think I yeah. think what I found was a little bit wrong, but th- thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So out of those 10 licenses, which again, that's the reason why you put in more than one. Even again, and some people, you know, people don't understand. So that's why you have to explain it to them. You have the opportunity to win three licenses, and you have the opportunity to put up to ten. So if you can win three, you might as well put in ten. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Why would you put one? Because you can win three. All right. So apply, apply ten times. I mean, apply ten times. Yeah. With the same app. So, that's all you got to do. So, Mike, we'll uh, just start to close. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Weed Travel Food, if you uh, don't mind. I wanted to ask you, uh, yeah. you know, where's where's some of the craziest places you've smoked at? You know, you travel and smoke a lot. What are some of the craziest places? Yeah, man. The craziest places I've smoked. Um, hmm, that's a good one. Um, I know... Um, and Let's maybe see, a sm- follow-up, just to, if this is easier, uh, if it's not the craziest place you smoke, maybe the best weed you ever, you know, place with yeah, the best yeah, weed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I can answer both of those for you. So I think the craziest place I ever smoked, um, hmm, I think the craziest place I ever smoked, it's going to sound weird, but probably um, when I was in San Francisco. And San Francisco is not a crazy place to buy weed by any means. This is one of the meccas here in in, uh, in the states. But the crazy part about it was just how I bought the weed, and that was um, it was one of my first times in San Francisco, you know, as an adult. And I and at the time, weed was legal, but uh, the dispensaries it wasn't legal just for anybody for recreational use. It was only for medical use, and you know you have to jump through a bunch of hoops. And I didn't know anybody in San Francisco, so what I did was I actually Googled <laughs> while I was out there on vacation. This may be like two, two, 2011, something like that. And I actually Googled where to where do you buy weed in San Francisco, and so they <laughs> said on the Google it said go to this place called Hippie Hill, which is like on. Uh, I think it's called Hayton Asbury Street, which is like a famous, I think the Beatles made that Asbury Street uh, famous. That's in San Francisco or okay. something like that. Um, and so anyway, um, they were really big in like the 70s. That little area was really big in the 70s. And they call it Hippie Hill because it's literally hippies out there right now. Like right now. They're out there in, uh, in the park. <laughs> wow. It's a park. Yeah, it's a park <laughs> right there. There's a whole bunch of like head shops right there and like tie-dye shirts. <laughs> so, yeah, you buy like a million tie-dye shirts on that street, and so right there, I'm sure that there's some some odors of cannabis and maybe body odor in the air. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, a lot of that, a lot of that. And at the end, and at the end of the street, there's a park, 
and um and you go to the park and, and so I, I went to the park and um and I saw this guy who looked like a Rasta. So I walk up to him. I thought he was smoking something. I walk up to him. I say, "Yo, bro, where's the where's the weed?" He said, "Oh, come on, I, I'll uh, I'll take you." I'm thinking he's you know again he's about to serve me, and uh, he takes me over to this older white lady who's sitting in the middle of a park. I mean, she's a not an older white lady, an old white lady. <laughs> like, let's be clear, she's an old white lady, like a grandma. Yeah, like somebody's grandma, right? She was sitting in the park. And she had a whole bunch of like, you know, I don't know if they were stoners or if they were just deadheads or what it was. But it was like a whole bunch of like people laid out all around her. <laughs> I can see it so vividly right now. It was a whole bunch of people just laid out around her, like taking the taking uh, a nap and you know on the grass. They don't have like blankets out or nothing. They just sleep on just sleep outside <laughs> on the park. And uh, and uh, she's like, yeah, you know, what, what are you looking for? I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. What do you got? And this lady unzips her her duffel bag, and I swear it's just filled with jars filled with bud. Some of the dankest weed I have ever smoked was from this wow. old white lady. And I remember what I bought from her. I bought something called blue cheese, blue cheese, and it smelled and was funky just like blue cheese. That was some of the dankest weed I have ever smoked, and I bought it from an old white lady in a park <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing yeah it was, well it was, i want to i want to give you uh some ideas maybe for your future travels so uh yeah. we talked about this before but i maybe people don't know um you can go this is just kind of crazy i didn't believe this um but you can go uh before you go um you can apply for a visitor's medical cannabis card in arkansas so again, you got to do that before you go to Arkansas, but you can, using your Illinois medical card, apply for a Arkansas's visitor medical cannabis card. And there's actually a couple stores uh, in in Northwest Arkansas. Um, oh wow, that's really yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Check that out. And so that's just kind of a wacky, I was going to add, you know, in the future, maybe they'll be like, man, I smoked weed in Arkansas. But that's, so that's kind of a wacky place that people don't really know that you can go to and smoke weed. Um, but a cool place that I think you would love for your blog is uh, it's the same situation. You got to apply beforehand for a guest medical cannabis card. It's not like Las Vegas or some of the other states where you can just use your Illinois medical cannabis card. You got to go through a process beforehand. There's a small fee. I think it's like $50. Um, and it's only active for a certain amount of time. I think it's like 90 days, but in Hawaii, you can go to Hawaii and get a medical cannabis card. And man, what like Hawaii, that would yeah, be the place to smoke some weed. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. So I, I hope to see you go there, uh, and on your blog in the future. Cause I know you like to travel and, uh, I, I say those things so that if you ever do go to Arkansas or Hawaii, Mike, uh, you know how to get some le your hands on some legal cannabis there so that you can uh, share your thoughts. Cause I truly, I follow you on Instagram. Um, and I, I'd like you to go over where we can find you online here in a little bit, but I, I, like you say, you go over really just, just about everything, man. Like you go over the flower, you go over concentrates, you talk about edibles. You got a really good blog post on why maybe first timers shouldn't eat edibles for the first time, yeah. you know? Um, so uh, what I guess I was trying to say is that it, 
follow Mike and I'll have, I'll let you go over where they can find you online, but follow him because if you want to know about all things cannabis, Mike's your guy. I mean, the first time I saw you, Mike, uh, you were in a, I think it was the Chicago sometimes again, and you were actually dubbed as a cannabis consultant. And I was like, how the fuck did he get that job? How the fuck did he get that job? <laughs> yeah. I created it. Shit. You know yeah, saying? man. Really though. Yeah. Yeah, that's how, that's how, you know. You like, made your own path. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go over <laughs> where people can follow you down that path. Cause, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, you can follow me anywhere, again, at wetravelfood.com and wetravelfood on all social media. And you can find me everywhere at Michael Malcolm. Uh, my handle on um, all social media is Mike G to God. Uh, but you can find me everywhere, just my first name, last name, and at wetravelfood. Yep, yep. So just to reiterate that, that's Mike, capital G, D-A, God. Mike G to God. Follow him, man. He's cool as hell, and he's always doing something awesome with the uh, involved in the cannabis industry. So if you're, if you're a piehead like me, and I mean that in the best way possible, obviously I'm not going <laughs> to insult myself, uh, Mike's the guy to follow because he's not only going to – I have no doubt you're going to be in the industry in Illinois and other places in the future, but you're already – playing with a lot of the players so like i say if you guys want an inside view if you want to learn a lot um yeah reach out to mike and, and follow him on, on social media and his presence online because he's an awesome guy yeah thank you bro i really appreciate that man and um again thanking you for uh having me on your platform and i appreciate you know three it took three tries for us to get it right but man we got it done and and like i said and we I did it, it. Yeah, I appreciate you, man, and you know, let me get a chance to get my story out. We almost, yeah, well, we almost there, y'all. Hell yeah, we're almost there. So yeah, this will hit the airwaves probably sometime tonight. Again, thank you for for doing this. You know, we tried to do it three times. So um, yeah, thanks for for listening today, guys. This was the Chillinoy podcast for uh, Friday, May first. I had to check my calendar just because, like the rest of you guys, I don't know what the fuck today is. Um, it's hard to keep up, right? So yeah, for sure. Um, with all this shit so mike stay well and thank you for joining us today okay thank you bro i'll talk to you soon thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the chillinoy podcast i realized uh once i was editing this that uh you guys probably heard my maintenance guy taking out my cabinets my whole apartment's fucked it's a really awesome situation i'm, th I'm really thankful in this circumstance that i am a medical cannabis patient um so i just the other thing I realized listening over to this audio clip is that um, I didn't give Mike a chance to reiterate where you can find him. And so you can find him at weedtravelfood.com. Um, you can find him on social media. His uh, presence is Mike G. God. That's Mike G. D.A. God. Thanks for listening, everybody. Sorry for the decrease in audio um, quality. Um, as I've mentioned um, in the description of the podcast and the beginning of the podcast, we hope to return to normalcy soon. Um, I just hope to get my living situation back to normal as well. <laughs> this is not the good, this is not the best time for this fucking shit to happen. So wish me the best of luck, everybody, and have a great weekend.